Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. Good morning, friends. Three lives, three days in a row. Today's going to be a little bit different. I've been collaborating with a lot of friends, a lot of clients, and just trying to provide you guys with as much value as possible to continue to grow your business, fulfill your life, just become more balanced, and just continue to learn and grow and evolve. Today is about my story. So I have been on this app for many, many years. And funny enough, when a lot of people ask me, you know, how did you grow your audience? How do you have such a big audience? I kind of laugh because there are so many people in my audience that have been here for so many years that follow me because of my family, because of my children that followed me when I was in fitness coaching and all of the things. So it's just very, very fun to be able to have this place and be on this app for such a long period of time. And in my journey on this app, I have told parts of my story and been very open about who I am and what I've done and where I've been and where I'm from and all of the things. But I realized, because a lot of people were asking me, the sun is super weird, um, a lot of people were asking me, I want to know more when I would share pieces of my story. And from reading other people's stories, from learning other people's stories, from being in rooms with other successful women, what I realized is there is so much value in hearing and being inspired by someone else's journey. So this is why I wrote my book. So if you aren't aware, um, I did write a book in, was it last year? 2020, 2021. Um, It's called Below the Surface and it's available on Amazon if you're interested. But I want to share the depth of my story and I want to just peel back the curtain and really give you the truth of how I've built to where I am, what was involved in what I've built and where I came from because it is my mission and what I believe my purpose is to help women really step into who they are meant to be, specifically women business owners who have chosen to create a new path, who have chosen to bring their skills and their stories and their independence and their resilience into the pathway of a business and to be able to build freedom from there. So thank you for being here today. If you're watching the replay, thank you for sticking around through this. And I hope that you take value from this. Um, I hope that this gives you a very clear understanding of who I am and how I got to where I am and why I do what I do. So I'm going to keep this as concise as possible. Um, I want to respect your time and my time. So where everything began uh, was in Texas. I was born and raised in Texas and From a young age, um, there was a lack of stability in my life. My parents divorced when I was two. I was back and forth between houses, two drastically different um, sets of rules in each house. 
And so as a child trying to balance those things, seeing one thing at one house and seeing another thing at another house, different behaviors, different environments, different atmospheres, different types of relationships that I was seeing, that kind of created for me a quest and a search for safety. And what I found is as I grew and as I developed that there was a lot of experimentation and that experimentation still continues in who I am and what I do today. I believe that there is so much power when we just give ourselves permission to try to put ourselves in the room to just do the thing and see what happens because otherwise we just we, we keep moving forward and we don't know. And so we can give ourselves that power of knowing if we put ourselves in the room. And so for me, there was a lot of experimentation that was rooted in self-sabotage, that was rooted in me not caring deeply about myself, about my future, about any sort of anything or understanding really my value at all or what my purpose was in this world. What I knew was that I didn't feel good. What I knew is that I just wanted something to numb. What I knew was that there was so much pain and so much discomfort that I didn't want to feel, that I didn't understand from a young age, that that led me into the self-sabotage that led me into a life of self-destruction. And so as I, as I developed and, and went into my teen years, this is where, you know, there's a lot of experimentation, all of us as teenagers, and especially like in our young twenties, there is a lot of experimentation and a let's see what happens here. And depending on what our childhoods are like, depending on what lives within us, depending on how much we love and care for ourselves, that really dictates the direction that we go. And for me, having that lack of care for myself, the lack of love for myself, the lack of knowing if I even had a purpose in the, or a place in this world led to me just kind of grasping on and trying to see where do I fit in this world and how can I mask or numb this discomfort that I'm feeling all of the time. And so from the age of 14, that is where the experimentation phase went from kind of a normal experimentation. Okay, let's, you know, smoke some weed, let's sneak out to a full on self-sabotage, self-destructive, lack of respect for myself and my body quest. And so I spent about 10 years in this from the age of 14 to, um, let's see, I'm going to get my years mixed up here. My last arrest was in 2010. So um, I'm 34. So whatever, you can do the math there. It was about 10 years that I was living on this self-destructive path. What this looked like for me specifically was abusing my body, was abusing drugs and alcohol, was a lack of care for myself. There was no thinking of if I make this choice, this could happen. It was just me going, me moving and me putting myself in situations and just doing whatever was there. This led to my virginity being taken by rape, 
when I was 14 years old. This led to me having a, a very extensive history with men and abusing my body. This led to many, many nights and mornings that I still have no memory of. And that was the depth and the darkness of where I lived for a long time. Most of that 10 years was spent just trying to numb because there was no purpose. There was no purpose to my day. It was one day after another, let me just do what I think I'm supposed to be doing. During this time, there was so much that I normalized, so much of the drinking and the drugs and the things that I was doing because of the environments that I was putting myself in, working in the restaurant industry, bartending, late nights, there was so much that was normalized because so much of that was normal at that time for my age, for those kinds of environments that I was in. And so because I normalized it, because I said, oh, well, other people are doing this too, that led to me continuing to make these choices for a longer period of time. I didn't listen to people who did come forward and say, hey, you know, there's something, you could probably do something better here. Instead, what I was led by was hate for myself. What I was led by was knowing that I had no purpose. I had no reason to get up in the morning. I attempted to, I barely graduated high school. I skipped a lot of days. When I was 16 years old, I lost my boyfriend to a very tragic death. And that to me was when really things started going downhill. Because like I said, from the beginning, really what I realized now looking back is I was on a quest for safety and for stability. And I was willing to find that or try to source that in whatever, and in whatever place that I would, that I could, or that it felt like that. And when I was with Eric, who was my boyfriend that passed away, which is also my husband's name now, um, I found that sense of safety. He was such a wonderful human and my best friend, and we had so much fun together. Um, but he also struggled with um, with drugs, and it became my quest to try to save him. And in that quest, I blamed myself for when I couldn't save him. And that led to another destructive period to where things really went downhill. There was so many different things in this period of 10 years that fed into me continuing self-destructive behaviors. What I know about this now is that if I only would have known my importance, if I only would have learned that I was worthy, if I only would have known that I did have a purpose in this world and made this a quest for a purpose and finding that purpose instead, I think this would be a different story. But I also believe that my story is exactly what it was supposed to be so that I can lead in the way that I do now. So this 10 years, this 10 year period, self-destruction, I 
barely graduated high school, I moved and I said, okay, well, I guess the next step is college, right? I was still attempting to follow paths that had been laid before me. This is the logical next step. This is the next step that, that most people take. And it wasn't for me. What I found is that while my mind told me this is the logical next step, my self-destructive habits were like, this is a place where I can again normalize the self-destructive behaviors and the self-sabotage that is occurring here. And so I continued to live in this place and say, yes, I'm here to go to college, but I wasn't attending classes. I, I spent a year and a half, you know, signed up for college and, and not really going. And in, in that in that year and a half period, I was arrested twice. I was arrested twice for um, not completing community service for a written arrest that I had gotten for urination in public when I was heavily intoxicated. That was my first experience. My second arrest was for a DUI. I was driving drunk and I hit another car. The number of times that I drove heavily intoxicated and don't remember is countless. And I held shame around that for a long time. And part of my story and part of what I really, really help other women to do at this point is releasing the shame that we hold around our past mistakes. And I realize now that yes, I, I could have hurt someone. I could have, things could have been worse. Um, and I'm thankful that they weren't. So my second arrest was this DUI, and that's when I made the choice that it was time to move back home. That's when it was a, a big wake-up call for me. I, I wasn't thriving in this environment. It was time to change my environment. And so often we do that as people is, let me change the external so that the internal will change. And the biggest lesson that I learned from this is that the external doesn't change without the internal, whether that's in your business whether that's in your relationships, your health, anything. The external will not change, especially long-term, without an internal change. So this was an external change for me. I was going to change my environment. I was going to move back in with my mom. I was going to search for that safety, that stability within that. And a few months later, after I had made this choice, I found myself making the same choices again. I had gotten my own place. I had moved moved back out, and I was in the same crowds. I was I was bartending. I was late nights. It was, and the same habits were repeated because nothing internal changed. It was just me trying to change the external. Every single one of us has had that moment where it's like I can't do this anymore. Whether it's something small or something big, we've had a million different kind of rock bottom moments, and I hadn't hit mine yet. And so I spent another few years just self-destructive, making the same choices, this quest for safety and stability that was built by numbing and binging and all of the things. And then it was my third arrest that was my rock bottom. I had been at the beach that day and the beach for me was another party atmosphere. It became just a place, another environment in which I could drink. And after drinking and then going to bars afterwards, I made the choice to get in the car and to drive with my roommate at the time um, to go get something to eat, right? And the timing of this could not be more perfect. 
I was in, I got pulled over in the turn lane of the place that I was going to get food. Literally 30 more seconds and my arrest wouldn't have happened. And that sticks with me so deeply at this point because I know how perfect timing is and how timing is always exactly what it's supposed to be. And in that arrest, when they booked me into the county jail, I let them know at that point, there was no reason for me to live anymore. What was I doing with my life? What sort of value was I bringing? What was the point of me being alive? And so, of course, they put me in, you may have heard of this before, but it's called like a turtle shell. It's a suit that is made of Velcro um, and in a medical unit. I woke up in there and started conversating with some of the other women. There was two women in there that were in there for murder. One of the women that was in there for murder, sleeping in the bed over from me in a cot on the floor, was in there for murdering her children. And after these conversations, I'm getting a little emotional. After these conversations, I was like, I don't believe that I belong here. And that to me is what I refer to in my book and still to this day is like there was some sort of glimmer of hope. So I stood up and I walked to the jailhouse mirror. And the beautiful thing about this mirror is that this mirror moment is the moment that everything shifted for me. This mirror moment is what changed my life. And this mirror moment is why I believe to this day that I have chosen to become a mirror for women, to reflect back to them what is possible. So I walked to this mirror. I was wearing contacts at the time and they were fuzzy from crying. And I looked back at my eyes in the mirror and I knew that I had to make a choice. I knew that when I got out of jail that day, that if something didn't change, that I was going to die. I was not going to make it much longer. And so with that choice, I realized, and probably one of the saddest moments in my life was sitting on my bed after I had gotten out of jail that day or the next day and realizing that I was going to lose everything that I had my friendships, my relationships, my job, everything would be lost, but I was willing to lose everything because I knew that there was that glimmer of hope and I knew that I somehow had some sort of purpose. And that was the moment when I said, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know how I'm going to get better. I don't know the plan. I don't know where I'm going. I just know that the environments that I'm putting myself in are continuing to show up to be the same. And so it's time to address the internal. It's time to finally face why I was making the choices that I was making. And so with that, I went to therapy. I had a life coach and I committed to fitness. And these things together were life-changing for me because I started to understand my worth. I started to understand my value. I started to understand why I was making the choices that I was making. 
And I started to learn how to treat myself better and actually develop love and compassion and care for myself. And so I stayed committed to this. I put myself in a program through the county so I would not have a felony drug charge also on my record because I did have drugs with me when I was arrested as well. And I put myself in a program. I decided that I was going to be completely sober for an entire year, which was this the extent of this program. I went to meetings. I lost all of my friends. There was shame. There was people making fun of me. There was even at one point a t-shirt that was made of me with my mugshot on it. There was so much that I battled with during this period. It was probably the hardest and best year of my life because I was actually still bartending at a different place and I was sober and I knew that I was working towards something different, but I didn't have, I didn't know what I was working towards. I just knew that I couldn't go back. That's all I knew. And so I did lose all my friends and I lost my relationships and I had to really pick up the pieces and figure things out. And so I called in a lot of support. I called in new friendships. I called on people that I hadn't called on before. I just kept showing up and asking for help, which is one of the most valuable lessons also from my story is that for us to succeed in business and life and change, we need support and we can't be afraid of asking for exactly what I need for what you need. I couldn't drive. I didn't have a license. I had to take drug tests. There were so many moving parts, but I just put one foot in front of the other every single day. And towards the end of this year, I graduated the program that I was in early because I checked all the boxes and did all the things and was sober and was making these changes. And I was going to therapy and meetings and life coaching. I showed up religiously for, um, for movement and, and fitness. And with that, I graduated the program early, but I made the decision. I still want to stay sober for this whole, this entire year. I got a tattoo to remind me not to go backwards. Um, and at the end of this year, after I had really spent a year finding myself, it, again, the alignment of perfect timing came through because this is when I met my husband, Eric. And it was like somebody finally saw me. It was me not being afraid to be myself. And I just knew from the beginning that he was my person. And this was quickly stalled when I received a text message one night when I was working that um, his mom had looked at my arrest record. And so I was like, okay, you have a choice here. You can either own who you are and hope that he still wants to be with you or you can lie. And I knew that lying wasn't going to get me anywhere. And so I owned it. And I said, yes, I did make those choices. I did do those things. And this is why I can't drive. This is why I'm in this program. This is all of these things. And obviously, we've been married for almost 10 years. So it's the power of truth and the power of owning your story and the power of rising from shame and saying, yes, I did do those things, but it's not who I am anymore. And that was a huge moment for me in realizing that somebody could love me regardless of what I had done. And it's often forgotten as people 
that that's a choice that you can be fully authentically who you are in your business and your life and your relationships. And there will be your people who love you anyways. So from there, um, you know, it was just a, I had found this wild love for fitness and for changing our bodies and what could happen if we committed to loving ourselves and committing to movement from the place of love. So obviously still to this day, I'm committed to movement, but that led me into fitness coaching where I spent many, many years um, walking with so many clients. Um, I started in personal training. I brought it online. Um, Team Pro Science was my, my original business, and that was founded in 2011 um, after I had been personal training for a little bit. And I was like, I want to expand this. I want to take it bigger. I want to help everybody. And from fitness coaching, I really learned that the women who got the best results were the ones that did shift internally, the ones that committed to that internal change instead of just solely focusing on food and exercise. And that was where the combination of my story and my purpose and what I believed was meant for me was woven into the way that I was coaching these women. And that is how I started to do some life coaching without even recognizing it. I just started to ask bigger, deeper questions because I deeply wanted these women to get wonderful results and wonderful transformations. And so from that, I pivoted my business to where I was only going to do fitness coaching if life coaching was included. And that was a scary moment for me because I had built this really successful business in fitness. And I was like, people are going to say, who, who does she think she is? There was imposter syndrome. There was so many feelings of like, will I lose all my clients? And the opposite happened. People were more willing to come in to my program because they knew that they were actually going to get a transformation that lasted. And this is something that exists within the foundation of how I coach today to where I care about sustainability, I care about long-term, and I care about you as a human. And so this developed into life coaching and business coaching and bringing the two things together because at this point I had built a really successful business. And again, people were just asking how, 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 you know, and to do it, you know, obviously having this fitness business and then introducing Cameron into the family. And then two years later, bringing Brooklyn into the world. And now three years later from that, having three children in a multiple six figure business, I get a lot of like how. And so the how is I've continued to put one foot in front of the other. I've continued to ask for help. I've continued to stay tied to my purpose and what I know. And I don't let myself any longer get distracted by comparison, by what other people are doing. And I am deeply rooted in the belief that I am creating my own path. I am doing this differently. My story and my hardships are, they only make me better. They make me more empathetic. They make me connect with my clients better. And that is why I do what I do. So anybody that I've worked with in whatever capacity, fitness, life coaching, business coaching at this point, the reason why I love working with women business owners is because we share a similar value. We share the value of having the deep desire for freedom for yourself and for impact. 
I will always be tied to a bigger reach to impacting as many women as possible. That is the legacy that I hope to leave is that I impacted millions of women all over the world. And I know that in order for me to continue to show up every single day, it is important for me to understand and always remember where I came from and what I've done so far, because to me, I draw strength from being able to walk through those things. Everything now is cake. If I can do this, I can do that. So I share this story with you in hopes that you will have a deeper understanding of who I am and why I do what I do, but also so that I can encourage you to own your story, to never be ashamed of the things that you've done in the past, to understand that everything that you've done up until this point was meant for you. It serves a purpose and you were born with a purpose and you are meant for something that is bigger than maybe you can even see right now. 10 years ago, I never would have saw myself here. I didn't want to get married and I didn't want to have kids only because I didn't believe that I was worthy of having those things. So whether it's, you know, a certain amount of income in your business, a certain amount of clients, a certain type of business, a pivot that you want to make, a story that you want to tell, a book you want to write, you may not understand how it will come to life right now. But if you choose to put one foot in front of the other, if you choose to be wildly committed to yourself, to your mission, to your story, it will happen just because you are who you are. So I hope that you've taken some value from this story today. I hope you have a better understanding of why I do what I do. And I hope that if you resonate with this, that you feel encouraged to share your story, that you feel encouraged to tell other people why you do what you do and, and where you're from and what has brought you to where you are. Because I promise you that in my deepest, darkest moments, I never saw myself here, but yet I'm here. And I'm so thankful and I don't care that it took me so long to get here because I'm here now and being able to live presently in the moment, knowing where I came from, knowing the things that I had to walk through, it was so worth it. And so whatever your story is meant to be, will be, but never be ashamed of what you had to walk through to get where you are. The more that you own it, the more that you step into your authenticity, the more that you step into your authenticity and let people see you, the more you will find your people. This is why the clients that I work with, we are deep in relationship. I care so deeply, not just for their businesses, but for their lives. I care so deeply about people. I care so deeply about you being able to understand and know that you are meant for something more. So just like I looked back at my own eyes in the mirror that day, I encourage you to look at yourself and just know that bigger things are possible. You don't have to have all the steps right now. But if you put one foot in front of the other, and if you have love for yourself at the forefront, if you understand that you are so valuable as you are, if you understand that your, your story holds value and that everything that you've been through is valuable to you and to someone else, you will move and you will continue to move. It is only when we start to question our value that we move into self-destruction, self-sabotage. So thank you so much for listening today. If you're watching the replay or if you're here live with me, I appreciate your time so greatly. And if you guys 
ever have any questions about what I do, how I do it, if you're interested, if you're a business owner and you're interested in really, really elevating your business in a new type of way and, and forging, you know, the path that was, that was meant for you and being able to bring that to life. I'm happy to have a conversation with you, but share your story, own who you are. It's the most powerful thing that you can do to be able to walk into a room and not have anybody say anything about you that you don't already say yourself. There is nothing that somebody can say about me that I haven't owned or spoken about at this point. So thank you again for your time and for listening. If you have questions, DM me, drop them in the comments, and I hope you guys have a beautiful day. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation and it's free. The link is in the show notes. So I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.